Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides. That is my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I've built to predict various sports outcomes is affectionately known as Sideline. You'll hear more about the model during the course of this episode, set to cover the five best college basketball games, plus one off-the-wall game scheduled to be played on Friday, January 27th, 2023. In case you're here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. See the Google Sheet for Sideline's projections on every single game. Don't forget the model also has a graded pick on each and every game. But because there are no locks in gambling, Sideline parses those picks into three categories. Loves, likes, and leans. It is A, B, and C grades. There are two different ways to get those picks, either via Patreon or Black Book Sports. Mostly just depends on what you're looking for. Hopefully you have a package built for your needs, whether that's early access to model projections, ad-free shows, instant access to picks, and or the Discord chat, which is the best place to get questions answered about these or other games. Don't forget that for the results of all recommended picks, the ones in this show, the model A grade picks, and the plays of the day, you can get those. They're all verified, again, on Black Book Sports and the Google Sheet. All those links are in the show description. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please understand the good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to see, will be profitable each and every day. That is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, last time you were on, I believe we were talking about random flagrant one fouls. And then we were recording that on Tuesday for Wednesday show. And then Tuesday night, lo and behold, (laughs) we had an end of game flagrant one in the Syracuse game. Which was just bonkers. Just the whole that whole scenario where Syracuse ends up covering is just a wild event. And well, in a situation that they could have easily, maybe should have easily won outright, yeah. and a, a million different things could have happened in that game. And it's not just like a well, obviously different things can happen, but like a bunch of weird things happened. Like a, a million different normal things could have happened. And of all the weird permutations, like we ended up with like maybe the one of the weirdest ones. I mean, I'm sure you could. You could come up with what was the video I saw the other day of the like the Uber Eats guy like yeah. walking onto the court yeah. like I yeah, mean that, that could last night, like you know like yeah, yeah weird <laughs> yeah other than that which like I don't even know what to make of that right that was one of the weirder ones that could happen so um now that you're back I'm just hoping that you know we're recording here on on Thursday afternoon that the Thursday slate there's a lot of games hopefully we can avoid that fate for the Thursday game so that way next time we're talking we're not <laughs> rehashing the same late game F1 calls right yeah it would be beautiful not to you know just have the games in like they're supposed to not not like some crazy. I don't know. Well, I don't know. After an Uber Eats driver showing up on the court during the game and the players not noticing, like I, I don't know what else is going to happen in college basketball. Like I'm, it, I'm a- it feels like we've really jumped the shark, and there are many, there are many people maybe watching this who do not understand the reference. They've heard the phrase, um, but the idea was back a long time ago. There was a TV show where things got more ridiculous and more ridiculous, and at some point, I believe the story goes that there was a shark in the living room and someone jumped over it, and so that's the phrase used to say the writers have just gone off the rails and who knows what's going to happen. That's kind of what Fonz, it feels like college it? basketball. Was it, was it? it was the Fonz, wasn't it? I think that might be right. Yeah, it was one of those shows of that, of that at least popularity level. Yeah, and so uh, I, that's kind of what it feels like this week with college basketball, with just the innings. It's like, I don't even know what's going to happen next. It's, it's why we love it and sometimes kind of hate it because it is just bonkers. So uh, a lot of ups and downs on the roller coaster of college basketball. Uh, hopefully for you viewers, it's a bit more ups and downs. Um, we've got a Friday slate here that is a slate. Yeah. That is what it is. There are nine games. Uh, we are going to cover our 10 games. There's 10 games. 
We are going to cover uh, six of them here. Again, the five best. One of the better ones is uh, I've got a TikTok on, so check that out, covering that game. But the other five best games, and then we have picked the worst game to talk about. But I mean, the quality level of this Friday night slate, it's, this is more about do your research and try to make money. If you're trying to watch good quality basketball, you don't have to watch them to make the monies, you know, go out with your family or friends, have a nice dinner, you know, maybe get to bed early, right? You know, a lot of, a lot of games Saturday rest is important for, for life, you know, get some good rest and then, and, and see how Saturday goes. Right. Cause we have a slate for Friday and that's about the best I can, I can call it. Yeah. It's just games are, are being played and they do have value somewhere, mm-hmm. but not for watching not for watching, right? They, you know, they the games are being played. They have value to bet on. We're going to talk about how we should wager on them and how we can make money off of them. But uh, it will not be the best quality basketball. So I know you're excited now. I've really prepped this show and talked it up. So before we get to that, some reminders though. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, yeah, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball movie or college football content this channel provides. Pretty much the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits we found over there. Above and beyond, we do here three dollars per month get you the play of the day. For the two dollars a month, you get all of the model graded picks and access to the Discord chat. And for five more dollars a month, you get ad free shows and immediate access to every recommended pick. And it's www.patreon.com/slash picks with the professor for more details. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. Let's get to it again. All lines courtesy of that unnamed domestic sports book sign up link, not in the show description, but we do have sign up links for other sports books in the show description. Remember, always recommend having you know at least two or three different sports books you can shop around and get the best of the number at any given time. Can really make the difference between a winning or a losing season. So make sure you got a couple different outlets. If you don't, sign up links in the show description. If you do, good job on you. And again, current is the time of this recording here. It's about 4 p.m. Central on Thursday, the day before these games. We're going to get off 6 p.m. Central, Iona at Siena. Iona feels like a team that was a bit of a darling early on. They were winning. They were playing well. They have not played as well lately. That's the bottom line. They just have not looked as good. I'm not sure if it's teams figuring them out, uh, kind of their shtick, uh, their, their offensive style, you know, kind of being figured out a little bit. Um, now we're in the grind of conference play, a little motivational issues, considering they're obviously a very good team. Not letting up, so they just haven't looked as good. Siena, on the other hand, has looked pretty solid. They've matched Iona now with 13 wins apiece. This should be a very good game. Iona is still the better team, no doubt about that. On the road, though, the question is, can they cover this number? I don't think they can. I'm going to grab the six with Siena. It's a B grade play according to the model, which says on average Iona wins by 5.3. I think the biggest thing here is that Siena has been a team that's been able to grind out games, slow down their opponents, and I think that kind of plays into their hands against Iona. Given the fact that this game's at Siena, we always talk about the location manager. This game's at Iona. It's a little bit different of a read because I'm not sure Siena is going to be able to do what they want to do. But at home, I think they have a better chance of keeping this closer, slowing Iona down. I would lean over in this game at 141. The model says closer to 145, but Siena hasn't made it to the 140s this calendar year. That's the way they've been playing. They have grinded out game, ground out games, really just suffocating teams playing slow. And again, that's not what Iona wants to do. Iona wants to push the tempo, but on the road, are they going to be able to do it? I feel like it's to get your popcorn out and kind of figure that out. Who really knows? It should be interesting to find out. I think Sienna can hang in there, keep it close. I think getting six points offers a lot of value in what should be one of the more entertaining games of the night. Jake, what do you got for us? Yeah, I totally agree. Iona is just struggling through and like they were a darling early on but i mean you wonder you wonder if patino's message is going against deaf ears at this point in the year and they mm-hmm. they just gotta wait for tournament time and get a little extra motivation because they're not they're not an at-large team this year right uh so you know 
really made that change at the, at the turn of the year here and has really adjusted and is playing that slower style uh, and it's doing great. And at home, this is a huge game with a half. They've only got a half game lead over Iona for the standings and for these small conferences, that one seed in their conference tournament is big. So they're going to try to take advantage. They're really going to sit where they want. I don't think Iona has got the team this year to make them uncomfortable and come out of that slow, slow pace. The only thing that gives you a little bit of pause here is their turnover troubles and how that can feed in the Iona. But I think that's really calmed down a little bit since they've slowed the game down. And so it's not as bad. Uh, I just don't see, I, I Iona probably wins this game, but I, I think it's very, very tight the whole way through. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, those six points just offering a lot of value there, given the fact that the way Sienna's played, the way Iona's played, uh, if Sienna has any bit of their way with grinding this down a little bit, that's going to be uh, great to have those six points in your back pocket. Also at 6 p.m. Central, Purdue-Fort Wayne getting four and a half points at Cleveland State. Going to grab the points here. Uh, a couple things right off the bat, right? Purdue-Fort Wayne just played IUPUI. Looked not great, to be honest. Uh, interesting enough, IUPUI... Early on in the season was just not covering at all, and they were bad, and we knew they were bad, and they were getting destroyed, and that was a little bit of a surprise, I think, Jake, to, to you and me at least. We saw at the end of the year last year when they were down to like four players basically on the court. I, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. It's one of those like how big the fish was, right? Yeah. I think it was like four guys they were playing with. Basically, I think there was one game actually they had to finish with not enough guys in the court. Yeah, uh, yeah. But there was just that one time. But it seemed like that was all the games at the end. They had, you know, that you looked at their bench and there's nobody on it other than coaches, you know, water boys, that sort of thing, you know, trainers. There was no players on the bench, it seemed like. And they played pretty well down the stretch in that situation. They covered, they fought hard. And I kind of thought, hey, that bodes well coming into this year. And it didn't. They did not look good early on. But now, as of late, they've been covering a lot. So Purdue Fort Wayne did not do what they needed to do against IUPUI. I'm going to look the other way. I'm going to say, hey, IUPUI has covered a lot lately. They've been hanging around these teams. Teams are underestimating IUPUI because they are terrible. Don't get me wrong. Easily, easy look ahead spot here. Just a couple days later, like going under the road playing Cleveland State. So I, I don't take too much of that. I think I'm not going to overreact, I guess is what I'm trying to say, to the fact that Purdue Fort Wayne did not beat IUPUI by 20. Uh, the fact that they just kind of cruised and pulled out in the second half. I'm just going to kind of say, whatever, it is what it is. They still got the win. They didn't need to show everything in that game. They surely didn't. Hopefully they didn't. If that, hopefully that wasn't their A-grade effort, right? That they can hang around here against Cleveland State. The model says that Cleveland State on average wins by three. So this Purdue-Fort Wayne plus four and a half, this is an A-grade play according to the model. If it gets to five, it reaches that A-plus category. Um, Cleveland State's been playing well lately. Purdue-Fort Wayne maybe struggling a little bit lately. But uh, I'm just I think these two teams are about the same. And I just can't see home court being worth four and a half points. So uh, even though they're about the same, it's at Cleveland State. Cleveland State's probably more likely to win. Uh, but but laying a big number like this, to me, isn't the wisest move. So I'm going to grab the four and a half with Purdue-Fort Wayne. Total this one's 136 and a half. Model says 135.2, but has underestimated the number of points in both these teams' games. So I think 136 and a half is probably actually a pretty good number uh, with regards to the total. going to stick to the side here. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I think the total spot on, so I don't want any part of that. But, I, I mean, I think the game for itself is a toss-up, so getting four and a half is a great thing here. Like, Purdue-Fort Wayne, not a great defense, but Cleveland State is not efficient at all. They really depend on cleaning up their misses because they miss a lot, um, and they don't turn the ball over, But and they force turnovers. Where So if Purdue-Fort Wayne can hold on to the ball and keep them off the glass because they are very good, team that like rebounding team and just limit Cleveland State to one one shot. They've sent a really good 
good chance of winning this one. Um, they also do a great job of not fouling and giving extra points away. So I, th- I just think there is a decent chance here that Purdue for Wayne wins this outright, but I, I don't see this being much more outside of like a one or two point game uh, when it all said and done. Yeah. And you know, these two teams, when you look, dive into the metrics on them, they are just the most meh teams out yeah. there. I mean, neither one of them's bad. Neither one of them's good. They're just kind of solid, okay, run-of-the-mill. I mean, there's a tempo difference, right? Cleveland State's going to play a lot slower than Purdue Fort Wayne. But other than the tempo, it's like, I feel like there's just there's just kind of like meh team versus meh team. Who the heck knows what's going to happen? Give me four and a half points, right? I feel like that's most of the Horizon League anyway. Yeah, so it's just, just a lot of meh. At least with the horizon, though, a lot of the teams play no defense, which makes it more fun. These two teams actually aren't as bad as a lot of their counterparts in the conference with defense. So no, no, no. Uh, they're two real good teams relative to that conference. Relative so to the conference, absolutely. Uh, it should be a, an, an intense game from that standpoint. Good is yeah. relative. Again, uh, with what we're comparing it to, right? <laughs> it's kind of the big thing here. Uh, all right, that takes us to the 8 p.m. time slot. Oakland at Youngstown State. Here's our double dip game. We're going to go over 155, and we're going to grab the 10.5 with Oakland. We were on here on Monday show talking about Oakland and Detroit. We grabbed Oakland, and we went over. We got Oakland, did not get the over. Detroit was the team that cost us there. And so my analysis there is a couple things, either, either A – you can argue that Oakland played really good defense. They have been playing better defense as of late, which is a really low bar, you know, to say better than what they were before. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very low bar. Yeah. Um, Youngstown State's a really good team. So if even if Oakland's defense is what held Detroit down on Monday, Youngstown State's a better team, and I don't see them having the same success there. Or you look at it and you say Detroit just didn't show up offensively, just had an off night offensively. Again, Youngstown State's a better team. I don't see that happening. Oakland, though, still has – the offense, they still play with decent tempo. Uh, Youngstown State, of course, also got the offense, also plays with tempo, also doesn't have a great defense. I think all the ingredients are here to get this into the 160s, 170s. Just one of those fun, crazy games. Sideline says 157 on the points, so we're going to go over 155. And with regards to the side, it's a B-grade play to grab the 10.5. The model wants 11 before it gets to an A-grade, but I like grabbing Oakland here. They've been pretty good to us as of late. Both these teams have been overperforming a little bit, but this is just a lot of points in a game where when you look into it kind of with the magnifying glass, it's hard to say where Youngstown State is that much better than Oakland. They're the better team, but are they that much better? It's kind of a tough sell, especially given that Oakland's kind of, uh, you know, offense has been playing pretty well. They score plenty of points and get that defense playing a little bit better. It's like, yeah, Young sounds a little bit better, absolutely, and they're at home, but 10.5 is a lot of points here for a conference game. So going to grab the 10.5, going to go over 155, large number, but I think we can avoid the fate that we had Monday with Detroit because I just think Young South State's a better team. Should make for a fun basketball game and one of the more entertaining ones of the night with regards to at least having a lot of points. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, this, this game will have zero defense. Um, I'm not sure either defense is capable of forcing a bad shot or a turnover relative to where these offenses are. These offenses are leaps and bounds ahead of either defense on either side of the ball. Uh, it's just one of those wild things that this, this they just don't play defense here. Like, if you're digging in the numbers and some of those things, you, you kind of look at, like, Oakland's got a top five fr- uh, free throw attempts to field goal made ratio for their defense, but that's because they're not getting in anybody's way. Um, they're, they're not close enough to foul. 
um, for the most part. I mean, they are they are playing better, but for the most part, they're just not near the shooter. Um, it is, and, and I will say it is an interesting thing to consider, right? And you viewer may you may already be aware of this, but there is something to be said of you do want to foul occasionally, right? It's the same in soccer and in basketball. You see the same thing. If you're not fouling, that means you're not being aggressive. You're not in people's faces. You don't want to foul too much, but there is a spot where it, people are like, oh, like they didn't foul anybody. That's good. It's like maybe because if you have no fouls, like you at least you weren't allowing free throws, but it also means you probably aren't, uh, you know, getting in your opponent's face in their way affecting shots, that sort of thing. You need a little bit of aggression. Having a few fouls is not a bad thing. So like you said, if, if they're not fouling, it's like, that's not, it's not, it, initially you think it's great, but like when you think about what the implications of that means, it's like, it's not the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, this, it's one of those things. I mean, I know I think the line is getting a little bit, like from the 10 and a half standpoint, is getting pushed out a little bit based on how that first game went. But that's giving too much credit to Youngstown's defense. That's just not, going to happen again where they hold this team to 65. That, that's just not in their DNA. Um, they put up 85 in that game. It really wouldn't surprise me at home if that jumped up to 95. Um, just like with just how these two teams played, how Youngstown State wants to play. They're an all-offense team. They're very good. I think this game is much tighter. I think we're, we'll get a lot of points. It's just going to rain points. And if I mean, in my, I mean, Youngstown State can still win by double digits here and we still cover. Uh, they are the better team at home, but I don't think they're – 11 points better. Yeah, model thinks the most likely score in this one is something like 84 to 74, and that seems about right. I, I would be surprised if Youngstown didn't get into the 80s, and I would be surprised if Oakland didn't get into the 70s. And if both those things hold, that gets us to 150 right there. It shouldn't be hard to get to 155, and Oakland should be able to hang around enough to cover a big number like this. Also, a game with this many points and the way that Oakland scores, the back door should be wide open yeah. for us. You just have to hope that there's nothing stupid where they don't foul you know, down nine with 11 seconds to go when it's like the game is over or even down nine with 20 seconds to go, right? The game's over at that point. Let's just lose by nine and be happy yeah. <laughs> just to avoid that sort of fate. Uh, but it should be one of the more interesting games of the night there. Got our double dip grabbing the 10 and a half with Oakland and going over 155. The same time slot here, another game that's expecting a lot of points. Buffalo at Kent State totals 150.5. But we're going to go under this number. We've talked a lot about Kent State and how good they've been to us. Um, they've been making us a lot of money right well, the fact well, that they cost well. us yeah the fact that they cost <laughs> us last time that's okay right they still have uh still are 15 and 4 against the number so if you've been blind back on them you've been doing fantastic here's the catch though is that kit state allowed like a floppity billion points to a northern illinois team that i'm surprised could score that many you have to imagine obviously part of that is just some bad variants uh for kent state good variants for northern illinois I have to think that in the days since then, there's been a lot of preaching of getting back to playing good ba defensive basketball. As a coach, you have to kind of treat – I say you have to. You don't you can do whatever you want if you're a coach. In my opinion, as a coach, you look at that and you tell your guys, hey, some of that is just guys are going to make shots. Don't get too down on yourself. But let's also focus on doing everything we can to make the shots a little bit harder. And that focus right there is exactly what they're going to need against the Buffalo team who plays at lightning pace. And so I'm going to go under this number simply because that Kent State defense is the best unit on the court. They're at home, and they know they don't want to get into a track meet with Buffalo. It's not their style, and they know if they let Buffalo control the tempo of this game, it could get out of hand for them. And that's not the way that it's things are going to go well for them. They are big favorites. Spreads 11. It's one I don't really want to touch because Kent State's a better team and they should win. But my hunch is especially after that last win knowing kent state's strength they're going to focus on throttling this game slowing it down playing good defense preventing buffalo from getting fast break points 
And that sort of thing is going to give us a game in the 140s and not in the 150s. The model says on average we're expecting 146.3 points in this one. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, like, I mean, Kent State can't win every time for us on the side, but I really like the under here. I think they're going to make Buffalo very uncomfortable, especially being at home. They're going to, like, on the defensive end, they're going to slow the game down. They're going to make it hard on Buffalo to score. Um, and if Buffalo wants that pace, that, that means they are going to shoot some bad shots. That goes our way because bad shots against Kent State, they clean it up. Not not going to be a big deal there. And then on the offensive end, they're still going to take their time uh, and really just grind this game down uh, because they have no desire to get into that track meet with Buffalo. Uh, the free throw line here is going to be the difference in the game. Uh, Kent State fouls a lot. And that's part of their defense, their pressure defense and things. But Buffalo doesn't make free throws at a high rate at all. Um, they're below 70 as a team. So there really should be a big, big issue. But Buffalo also fouls a lot and with that speed and can say hits their free throws. Uh, I just – I really don't see the pace here getting to the 150s. I think this is a low 140s game. And then the side, I, I want to lean Kent State just from – <laughs> not anything the numbers are telling me or anything like that, but it's just true. But they've been good to us. You want to keep, you want to dance with the girl that brung you, right? <laughs> yep. That and coming off a loss, I, I feel like they're going to, they might've fell asleep a little bit. So that might've woke them up. I, I don't know, but I'm not, I'm not betting it yet. I'm going to wait and see if I can get that number <laughs> down a little bit. Yeah. It's a tough number at 11. I don't know if it's just models is 10.3, but it, you know, it's, it's, they're definitely the better team, but with a number like that, you know, kids, they could easily, extend this lead out late and when they've done that a lot that's how they've covered a lot right so if you like kent state that's kind of where you're thinking you're thinking that they're gonna keep playing those last few minutes and keep trying to get um those extra quick easy buckets that sort of thing but if they really do throttle buffalo and this has a little bit less pace buffalo still can score and it could easily be more of an eight point type victory too so 11 feels like a tough number personally um if it drops into the you know 10 range it's a little bit easier uh model would would make can't say minus nine in a great play i don't think that, it gets to nine but if it gets into single digits that's where you, you get you get more excited about Kent state for sure you have more ways to win if you're a ways to lose yeah that, that's that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for that under under 10 but i don't think i want to get it yeah i don't think so but you never know right you never really know exactly what the number's going to do um which takes us to the late game here 9 p.m central air force at new mexico gonna lay the 12 and a half with new mexico i like this air force team they had been playing fairly well for a while but when you look at what's happened with them in conference play in the mountain west when they've stepped up in class they have been throttled i mean they have been destroyed they have not been able to score and teams are just having their way with them it's like what they were doing was working pretty well in the non-conference and they were kind of overachieving i think but as of late that has not been the case at all so we're gonna lay the 12 and a half with new mexico at home think they should be able to run away a little bit of frustration potentially for new mexico after the last game might take that out against the air force here just the much better team at home a new mexico team that is 13 and 6 against the spread and i think the number is mostly catching up this is just more about the fact that when you see what air force has done against the better teams of the conference most of the time at home they're still losing by 10 and on the road they're losing by like 20 and 30 so this is one where i just think this game might get ugly again it might allow you to get a little bit extra rest you know go to bed early right this game might be 15 20 points at the half it might be cruising the victory um it, that's obviously the hope i guess here as we're gonna lay the 12 and a half for new mexico totals 142 
Model says 141. I personally don't know what to make of this total. You've got one team in Air Force who really wants to slow it down. One team in New Mexico who wants to really speed it up. Air Force had a stretch where they were playing a little bit faster. That is long gone. And if they decide on the road they're going to try to slow it down, they might only score like 45 points. I think New Mexico is going to score, though, and that's going to make Air Force then have to play a little faster with a little bit more desperation, try to score. I don't really know where this total falls. I think it's a pretty high-variance game given the discrepancy of how these teams want to play. It's one of those where if if and people talk about live betting um, totals and live betting sides, right? If that's your thing, it's, it's tough for a market. I don't recommend it unless you've been tracking it and really into it because with the extra juice, you can lose money really quickly. So it's not something to take lightly, but if the live betting angle is something that you're thinking, if Air Force can accidentally, and I don't think they can, but if they can't accidentally get a nice six point lead by the first media timeout, you have to think they're going to really try to take the air out of the ball and grind it out and hold on and at least make the first half, you know, 25 to 23, something like that. But if they get down early, they're not going to be able to play that type of game. So uh, before the game starts, I just can't see investing in a total around this number, around 140. Uh, I just think in general, whether it's early or late, New Mexico just has way too many horses to, to uh, you know, be held back by an Air Force team that just cannot hang with the top of this conference. So New Mexico minus 12 and a half is the play. Jake, what do you have for us? Yeah, I know the transitive property here can really bite us, but I mean, <laughs> the San Jose State game is all you got to look at. Let Air Force just played them on the road, got beat by 30. Uh, New Mexico just beat, beat San Jose by 20. Like, not, I'm not saying that to say New Mexico's going to win. There it is, folks. You have Jake is calling New Mexico by 50. I mean, I'll take <laughs> if that. If that happens, if that happens, I mean, I feel like you've just got to like come on and just mic drop at the start of yeah, every episode just, from yeah. now on. <laughs> that, that, that will be my new Twitter at called the 50. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they're just New Mexico is so good offensively. They're very good defensively. They're just a very, very good overall team. They've got three really good players in New Daisy, House, and Mashburn. And it's rare that all three are off in a night. And that's what Air Force is going to need to cover this. Is going to need all three of those guys to be off at the same time. That that's very rare. Um, Air Force has just not got the talent this year to grind the teams down, to slow it down. They don't have the guards or the post guys that they can go down take. 26 seconds off a shot clock and still get a two. Um, most of the time, that's just not working out for them. Uh, New Mexico is going to be angry about how that ended. They're, they're going to be come out. They're going to put some punishment on. I think it'll open up quick. That first four minutes is really going to be the sign. I think it's going to be the sign when New Mexico, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if New Mexico opens up on the, the game with like a 10 0 run or something like that. And just, and it's gone from there. I, I really don't see this one landing under 15. Yeah, I think it could get really ugly. And as I mentioned, just to kind of follow up, like you talked about there, Air Force losing by 30 at San Jose State. Uh, they also lost earlier in conference play at San Diego State by 16. It's kind of that 15 number we were talking about. Yeah. And Air Force had some decent games in conference, but when you even when you look at the home games when they've stepped up in class, lost at home to San Diego State by 10, lost at home to Utah State by 12, lost at home to Nevada by 6. And so, again, even at home, they're losing these games by 8-ish, 9-ish points. Yeah on the road it's been worse and that's the same thing here if this is uh, home against new mexico it, and you were getting double digits absolutely now i don't think you would but if you're getting double digits with air force at home they got a chance to cover that but on the road it just feels like they have not been able to to do it against the better teams of the conference and i'm like you i think 15 15 20 something like that seems like the more likely outcomes here if all the guys are in new mexico like so all their guys are not hitting 
anything can happen. But in general, on average, we expect this to be more a route than a tight contest. Which takes us to our overtime segment, the ugliest game of the night. And there are some uglies. We're going to go to the battle for North Dakota. Uh, sorry, South Dakota. You have all the cool stuff in South Dakota. So we're going to talk about North Dakota. Also, I don't think South Dakota schools are playing. So here we are. Um, North Dakota at North Dakota State. We're going to go under 141 as our best angle in this one. It's a 7 o'clock start. So there's a, more of the games at 6 o'clock. So once those are over, flip over and watch the second half of this one. Uh, as you're also starting to watch up some of the eight o'clock games. Don't think there's going to be a ton of points in this one. I, I kind of think there's three things to, to think how this plays out. And two of the three go under number one, North Dakota doesn't really play fast. Doesn't really have a good offense. And on the road, that's a recipe for, they may score 52 points. If they score 52 points, this game's probably going under. If they hang in there, there, it could be that they just get hot and that sort of thing happens, and that situation is probably going to go over if they just hit a bunch of threes. But given their pace, the fact that they're going to want to knock it to a track meet on the road, given they know that North Dakota State is the better team, it's more likely that they hang in there in a lower-scoring, uglier-type basketball game. That's more likely to go under, too. So, again, no locks in gambling, but of the three ways I think this goes, I think two of the three go under. And, again, it doesn't mean there's a two out of three chance. It's just a – the probabilities aren't you know equally distributed there but I, I just think there's more ways this goes under than over especially a number like 141 i think this should be more in the mid upper 130s as the total and uh, you know either we've got a chance for a tight game where maybe there's some grinded out we're looking for good possessions in the second half or hopefully north dakota state blows the doors off of them in the last five minutes see like four points because nobody cares because it, it's a route so we're gonna go under 141 in this one uh jake tell us more like this this game really, when I saw this number this high, I was very confused because the last game, North Dakota State beat North Dakota 71-49. That's, what, 130? And that was on the road. Like, what are they going to do at home? I, I don't think North Dakota's going to be able to score much here, um, even though North Dakota State has a bad defense. But that doesn't matter with North Dakota's offense. I, I just this, like, this number is just way too high. Where North Dakota likes to play is a – uh, or North Dakota State likes to play is a slower game. They like games that are like 60s, the 50s kind of range, like where they, where they beat South Dakota State 65-39. They liked beating uh, South Dakota 73-61. They want those. They really like those mid 130s types games. That's where they're more comfortable. Uh, kind of a, they kind of want that first to 70 wins type yeah. game. They want to get to 70, and that's that's ball game there. Yeah, their last two games that have gone over this number, they've lost both of them. I mean, they gave up 92 to Oral Roberts and then 75 to Kansas City. They don't want that kind of game. They want it a lot slower, a lot less points. And and, and really thankfully, don't. North Dakota can't play that type of game, we don't <laughs> yeah. think, unless they just get hot, right? You know, again, yeah. if they just jack a bunch of threes and get hot, you never really know. But but that's not North, that's what we see from North Dakota. We don't see them yeah. putting up the, the 80s very often, no. right? No, I, I, the chances of them getting hot is just very slim. Yeah. They're just not Especially on the road. Them. Yeah, and – I really don't see this getting to 140. I think 135 is about where this one lands. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was seeing that, you know, 70 to 60, you know, seven, low 70s to low 60s, something like that. Uh, both of these teams definitely have been trending as to more under teams of the last month. The model has overestimated the number of points. They've really been playing slower than we've expected. Um I don't even want to say better defense than we've expected as much as just been not quite as much off. It's just not quite as much um you know, urgency as we've expected. And so uh, again, models is 140.5, but given well, looking at it from that angle, I really think 140 seems like it's going to be tough. 
It's going to go under 141 there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just they're just going through North Dakota stuff here, man. They, they, I'm not sure that they know what to do on offense. That there's nothing I'm seeing that's nice. I mean, even their free throws are bad. They don't rebound well. Uh, they don't shoot a lot of free throws. They, it's just I don't see them getting hot ever. And this is why you tune into the Friday episodes because this is where Jake throws shade because on the midweek episodes, we've got better games. But we get to these Friday ones and Jake just like, these teams are terrible. Here's how bad they are. Just <laughs> throw in shade left or right. Again, disclaimer, they're all better than us at basketball. Yes. But it's always fun to hear Jake throw the shade and just talk about how bad some of these teams are, right? <laughs> Eh, you know, it's just, it's rough. So. All right. Well, that's all we've got for you then today. Jake, any parting words? No, just, I mean, you get the SEC Big 12 on Saturday. Mm. Take care of your wife, your significant other, whatever, on Friday. So that way you can sit and watch all the good games Saturday. Yeah, whatever sort of family, friends, binge-watching TV, things you need to get done. Sleep. Sleep is good again, people. You know, whatever you got to do, right? You do it Friday so that Saturday should be a lot of fun. Um, but that's all I've got for you here for this set of games. Thanks for watching this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can control the sports betting content provided on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. I will be back tomorrow for that Saturday slate. Going to cover a lot of games, run through as many as I can in our half hour that we have together. But until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can get your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money. 